Hello, you are listening to episode 81 of the award-nominated Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. And with sophisticated humour like that right at the top, who can argue with the judging panel, eh? Uh, More on that in a moment. Uh, Later on this episode, we'll be looking at the filmography of Dario Argento, the man, the legend, the guy who likes filming his daughter with her kit off. (laughs) I'm Cliff, and I'm joined by my fellow maestros and maestresses of horror, Luke, Simon, Emily and Bryony. Wahoo. Wahoo. Oh. Wahoo. Wahoo. So then, <laughs> the Independent Podcast Awards. We are one of five podcasts shortlisted in the horror and supernatural category. What do you think of that then, guys? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very exciting. It's very exciting. Very who cho- I was just confused. Like, who, who chose? Did someone actually listen and go, this is worth accolades? Yeah, All these wank jokes. <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's what's happened. We should have our own category where it's like nomination for podcasts that starts as one topic, but then always without fail goes into wank jokes. Yeah. And today we're discussing the role of the church in modern society, and also I love wanking. Get <laughs> <laughs> real. There's only one other film podcast actually in that category, so hmm. it all comes down to whether they prefer films or. You know, or spooky or spooky mm. stories, or, or a bunch of people playing Call of Cthulhu, oddly. But there you go. Well, are we gonna are we gonna dress up for it? Are we gonna are we gonna wear matching outfits? I'll wear clothes. I'll definitely yeah, wear probably clothes. A top. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wear a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Just a t-shirt. Just a t-shirt. <laughs> we need the poo style. I have dreams about that all the time. I have a recurring dream where I'm like out and about, like just doing my job or doing my shop, and I'm just wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> I've been having that dream since I was a kid. It's really off-putting. Oh, I think I might get us all like matching fascinators to wear or something like that. Oh, yeah. oh, I love a fascinator. Please do. That. Oh, I was at a wedding last week, and there were so many fascinators. It was fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, <laughs> no, fascinators are good. They should be worn more on an everyday basis. What? Do you know what I? Because I don't wear like a huge amount of makeup anymore, so I was like, "Oh, I'll do a full face," and then you could tell like that I haven't put on full makeup for ages because everyone who I'd hugged had like a little foundation tag on their shoulder, <laughs> so it was just like picking out victims. It's like an M. That's yeah. the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> Reverse M. W. Yeah. Just w. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, the ceremony is not till Monday the 30th of October, which means we've got two more episodes to record before we find out if we've won. So let's crack on with the first of those and do our highs and lows. Luke, you can start. Um, um, did you go to breakfast last month? No. no. Okay. Because, you know, they used an AI company this time, Pigeon Shrine, that are pro-AI that will remove script writers and creators and other people in the film because they will get a film made by AI. Um, and that was the, that was the sponsor for this year's Fright Fest. And they've just announced they've got a Halloween one as well and it said Pigeon Shrine. I didn't know what that was. I assumed it was some kind of wacky beer or something. Terrible company then. After the stuff you see on Shudder, this probably already is written by AI, isn't it? Well, Pigeon Shrine, they did a horror podcast as well that was written by AI and the people that are speaking on the podcast aren't real people. It's actually Whoa. just AI speaking. We don't even pretend to have any intelligence, let alone <laughs> official. That's why I didn't go. Yeah. Um, so my high is um, I saw Saw X last night. No, no, no spoilers. No, absolutely no. No spoilers. No, no don't say anything. You can say whether you liked it or didn't like it, and that's it. I am not. No, I won't give away. I'm not going to. I'm not like that. I don't give away anything. He's thinking about I, it. I, this though. is the. Yeah. I've muted Saw Ten on Twitter. I've muted the Saw account. <laughs> I, 
Oh, don't. Bryony and I went and yeah. saw Cobweb in the cinema. He was so upset. Because <laughs> there was a the tra- there was well, the trailers were on, and then there was just a trailer for some film that was just, you know, it was set in a clinic or something. It just looked, got about a minute in, and then they go like, John Kramer. And I'm like, no, 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 la, 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 top of my eyes, going, la, 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 not here. It was amazing. It was, he had a proper breakdown. It was more entertaining than the film. Luckily, the trailer doesn't give away a lot, which is really good. Um, I'm not going to give away anything. I, I'm just saying I'm going to it. it. Is there a bit where there's like a trap where someone has to escape? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> John Kramer sets some traps. Oh, spoiler. Oh, is it all ironic about bad things they've done in their life? Is that... Shut up, shut up, shut yeah, up. Someone shut has up. to like eat their own I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. They've, they've not filed their tax returns. So I can say if I like it or not. I'm not actually giving away spoilers. Like it, it's, still, it's still not allowing me to say anything. Just going. Ugh. Is he a high or a low? I said it was my high. That's what I already Excellent. said. Good, good, good. I said my high was sore X. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. And that's all you're allowed to say. <laughs> not allowed to say why I liked yeah, it. Yeah. Love the drowning and piss scene. <laughs> the musical number was a surprise. Yeah. It's very bold. <laughs> it must be amazing to see all that tap dancing being done by uh, oh, John Kramer. Oh, I'm Johnny Saw. I'm Johnny Saw. <laughs> <laughs> It's a tap dance with um, Billy the Puppet and... Uh, it and honestly Jigsaw. pissed me off when I accidentally saw the name of one person in the cast list and that person was Tobin Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even want to know if he was in it. But Cliff, I thought, you know, it's set between one and two. Is Fucking it... don't tell me shit like that. There's a spoiler. But that's that already, a that's spoiler. not a spoiler. That's already told no, he's, he's literally... He's not but that, 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 what did I just say? I've muted everything. I've not heard anything about it. But that's not a spoiler. Well, it is. If oh, you read no. the plot online, it already says. Well, why would I read the plot online if I'm avoiding spoilers? <laughs> anyway. Why would I do anything like that to myself? Oh, man, what's your low? Um. <laughs> I get very upset about sore spoilers. Oh, he's gone. Oh, no. He's gone. Oh. oh, God, he's actually gone. Has he actually gone, gone? He's gone. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll see if he comes back uh, in the meantime emily um i've watched bugger all films this month other than the uh the argento ones um apart from i finally got around to watching scream six which i enjoyed in a sort of popcorny kind of way it's not you know amazing i mean the, the scream films are not like my my favorite franchise they've been fairly consistent there's no scream films yet that have made you go oh my god i'd rather eat my own eyes than watch another one of them so yeah true but um it, it does a good job of continuing everything and um be interesting to see what they uh, what they do next with it okay high low mid mid to high i would say Though, interestingly enough, they do have two characters at the beginning where it's made clear that they're dickheads and they are massive fans of Argento, so... Yeah. Is that what you will? <laughs> anyway, Simon, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've only watched... I think I've only watched one thing that's not Argento, and that was Renfield, which was okay. woeful. Oh, that looked fun. I was looking forward to that. Oh, it just... They, they had one good idea. They had two good ideas. Good to make a film about Renfield, good idea. Good idea on paper to have Nick Cage be Dracula. But then they go, oh, let's make it a sort of a silly gangster film. It just doesn't follow through with any of its premises. And he's not actually a good Dracula. He's kind of annoying in it. And there's a weird sort of um, James Mason and Lolita kind of voice, um, which is uh, creepy in kind of the wrong way. And um, also it commits, I think, one of the most heinous sins of modern filmmaking, which is CGI gore, which is like so divorced from what it's sort of portraying on screen. There's literally be 
fountains of gore, fountains of it, filling the screen really fake looking gore. And then the characters will be basically sort of unscathed after and just be like slightly dripping in it a bit. So it's basically a big budget version of Suburban Sasquatch in its approach. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Suburban Sasquatch trying to be kick-ass and trying to be what we do in the shadows. But, you know, not good. Mm. Ray? Mid, I guess, like Cobweb, as I said, we went to Cobweb. Uh, It was fine. It had sort of the fairy tale aspect it was going for. It was very much like, I see what you're doing, it's just a bit boring. Um, it was mm. quite a dull film. It was. It was mm. quite dull. And um, it was It was going to be, it's a shame, because I was like, oh great, Like it's, it's so nice to see an original horror film in the cinema. Um, you know, that's not like a, an IP or a sequel or a remake or anything. So it was just deeply disappointing. <laughs> and it's so badly lit! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like they were going for that kind of dull, dreary fairy tale. Like the palette of it was very sort of cool greys and and you know just mud. Basically, it was just mud. The movie. Yeah. Um, There's too much grey in a lot of films lately. It's just like just choose is, a different colour palette. Come on. Yeah. Renfield's mm. colourful, at least. I was wondering if part of it was to cover up how bad the CGI is. I, I felt like the whole kind yeah. of last 20 minutes of it were just... Um, they, I know they started making it before Malignant had come out, but I wonder if then Malignant came out and they thought, oh, we should, we should do some of that. Mm. And so they just like dumped a CGI monster on top. and. Yeah, it was a bit um, on the nose. Like I liked what they were doing, the sort of the CGI shadows and stuff. Like a lot of the, the sort of framing was the kid with just like the parent's shadow. Again, it was like a fairy tale kind of thing. And that was that worked well, but then when you get the the monster involved, it was just it looked like Alice in Wonderland, the re- like the Cheshire Cat kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? The Tim Burton one. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, that's yeah. awful. So bad. Mm. It's a shame. It was fine, um, but it's a shame. And it was probably going to be my low. And then I watched um, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, Resident Evil this week. And All right. What a massive pile of cash. And then because I'm off work this week. So I ended up staying up to like six in the morning watching all the Resident Evil films as a sort of, I don't know, if it was self-flagellation or something. They're all really bad. <laughs> They're all so bad. Should have um, saved it for when we did them on a podcast, I've which done... we never will, I imagine. No, no, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> when you said Welcome to Raccoon City, for a minute I thought, is this some like... That little animal film or something. Yeah, That'd oh, be good. yeah. spooky raccoon. I'm yeah. sure there's probably an it. evil raccoon movie somewhere. I mean, there's yeah. there's that one about the the evil sloth that the trailers have uh, been doing the rounds on. Evil sloth. Yeah, it's called Slothter House or something. It's like a sort of. That <laughs> is literally what it's oh, called. No. I've never made that up. Slothter House. Yeah, it, it's as good as a uh, poultry geist. Uh, it won't be as good true, as Poultry Geist. Poultry Geist turned out to be really good. So Poultry Geist had a banger of a tune over the uh, the end credits. So. Yeah. Poltergeist is great, Simon. <laughs> no, I, I'm sold on Poltergeist. It's Poltergeist, Slothter House. My high is um, Megan, or Megan, as they keep calling her. So I suppose that's the name of the film, Megan. Megan! Um, it's like the Child's Play remake, if the Child's Play remake didn't have to be like Child's Play. And then it's just <laughs> let off the reins to do, it, do its own thing. It's brilliant. It's loads of fun. Yeah. Mm. It's really sad that everyone still seems to be watching the cut PG-13 version because I saw it uncut and it's very bloody and it's a lot of fun. And Where are you watching the uncut version? Because the version that I saw was on Amazon and that was definitely the cut one. Yeah, it's not streaming. I think you have to buy the, buy the Blu-ray or whatever. Hey, on disc, okay. physical media. 
Oh, there we go. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that then. Because I really enjoyed it, but I, I saw the uh, the version minus the uh, the gory bits. Still fun, though. But I don't understand why they released the cut version here, because it got a 15 anyway. Mm. The uncut version's rated 15. Mm. That's you no know, point. To, to... No, I don't know why they did that. No. Yeah. I let the Americans have their silly little children's films and let us have, have it all proper, please. Yeah, let's, let's have our talking doll films of proper gore. <laughs> She's brilliant, Megan. She's a great character. Uh, when she starts, it's a bit of a spoiler, but when she starts singing for the first time, fucking hell. Mm. It's so good. She's got a good repertoire in her. And my low is a film from 1971 called If Footmen Tire You, What Will Horsemen Do? Which is an hour of pro-Christian, anti-communist propaganda, but it's kind of got a cult following because it illustrates what will happen if the commies take over with these scenes of people being killed and tortured and stuff. Like a child gets a couple of bamboo sticks stuffed in his ears until he pukes. And it's rubbish, though, and it's, and, it's, and it's awful. It's written by and stars the Reverend Estes W. Perkle. Wow. <laughs> and he's just in a church congregation. It turns out at the end to be a funeral, ranting about commies. And these arguments don't add up anyway. Has it got evil hippies in it? Because it's that kind of era, isn't it? Yeah, a bit. I mean, it's more just like young people that he disapproves of, Mm. you know. There's a kid watching cartoons on TV and his dad gets distracted by the TV, which means he can't read his Bible properly. And uh, that means he's going to go to hell. (laughs) Read it in the other room. The bit that made me laugh (laughs) was where the, the commies have taken over and they're making people sit on stools for 17 hours shouting communism is good christianity is stupid (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm with it apart from the stools i hate stools fair enough all right now let's move on to the films of the man who if he was english would be called darren silver including tv movies argento has made a whopping 24 horror films and jelly of which we've already covered half I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready for this because I'm gonna stab you in the face now, baby. <laughs> I think when we did that first shallow episode, I might well have used that as an intro song. No hanging fruit, really. Of which we've already covered half of those 24 on previous episodes. Of the other 12, our first feature is 1998, The Phantom. Sorry, The Phantom of the Opera. Comes. He's on the prowl again, up here in the opera house. They say he loves the underworld. But phantoms don't exist. I saw him. He was listening to Mademoiselle Christine. Your voice fills my heart with divine light. Sing for me. <laughs> <laughs> The Paris Opera's young and upcoming soprano becomes romantically entwined with the serial killer who lives in the catacombs beneath the opera house. Emily, you mentioned this briefly in your eyes and lows a few months back. Uh, did you rewatch it? For I this? did. Did it um, live up to your first impressions? Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolute bollocks, but unlike the, the, the rest of um, the lesser quote-unquote, just as I actually quite like some of the ones that aren't particularly well-regarded, but unlike a lot of the other kind of lesser Argentos, I think it's a fun, stupid, campy watch. There's the steampunk rat catching. 
Yeah. Uh, there's the mm. fact that the guy playing Raoul looks like a tall prince. <laughs> There's the guys in the bathhouse having the um, Essex-London argument, but about French poets. Um, uh-huh. And, of course, there's the, the rat fucking, um, which yeah. I'd actually forgotten about until on our group chat, Brian, he was like, is he fucking the rats? <laughs> well, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he was raised with rats. It's all he knows. It's not his fault. <laughs> the thing is, though, he, doesn't he actually say he is a rat at one point? So what the, his origin yeah. story, they've basically cobbled something together from Batman Returns. Where, so he's been raised yeah, by yeah. rats. <laughs> so if he is a rat, why is he wearing clothes? Where did he get his goth outfits from? Has he been robbing the... Cro- the rats made them like a Disney princess. Oh, I w- they made his wonderful big bed as well. Oh, I want to I wanna see the scenes with the rats well, doing that. the rats that. like comfort. They don't want to fuck on the floor. No, that's yeah. true. They don't want to fuck down his trousers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's a ridiculously stupid film, but um I I think it's quite fun. It's bonkers. Fucking nuts. A rat would give a terrible blowjob. Let's just put that out there. Tiny little <laughs> mouth, just appalling. Like big teeth. Be- big teeth. The best it could do is sort of lick the tip. I'd say. Like I just you know it's just not erotic anyway. And the thing, Christine was like all for it. She was like, yeah, come on, then let's go. And then you know. Obviously, changes her mind when she sees all the the rat fucking. Yeah, you fuck one rat and she's gone. Yeah, I mean it, that's her sort of threshold. Never mind all the murdering and the general like he's a creepy dude stalking her at work. Um, but no rat fucking, no, no red flag. But can we just say the the rat at the start where the you see the puppet rat? Oh, they're cute. Yeah. It's cute and it's so stupid. If they all look like that, then you can see why he might be up for a bit. <laughs> yeah, we all want to fuck puppet rats, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it never occurred to me that it was a hot puppet rat, but it's a nicely done puppet. Yeah, a hot puppet rat. <laughs> There's some good puppets. It's a sexy Roland, it is. <laughs> hey, rat fans. Hey, yay, blowjob. <laughs> obviously, yeah, Dario's interest in um, what to make look sexy here. It's like he must have said to the costume designer, Oh, we need an elegant white dress for my daughter Asia to wear. But yeah, the sort of thing the prima donna at the Paris Garnier would wear. <laughs> Has to be believable for the 19th century setting. And above all, we have to be able to see her nip nips through the yeah. fabric. <laughs> yeah. I wondered about that, aside from the multiple instances of her being nude or partially nude in films directed by her dad. Um, mm. Is the idea that Christine is up there singing with her nips out? Because like her maid assistant lady comes in and goes, oh, no, Christine, don't do that. And if it's because she's singing or if it's because she's singing with, with her nipples visible. It's part of the glorious mystery of the film, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call it. I could not tell you what this film's about. It's about a Phantom of the Opera. Uh, well, all, all that I took away was, yeah, nipples and, and rat fucking. Nipples, rat fucking. He's psychic as well or something. He controls her mind. And she's like, yeah. Oh. Mm. But then that must be a one-way thing. Otherwise, she would have known about the rat funking a lot earlier and gone, no, you're all right, mate. Yeah. Leave me alone. First thing in his head, it's all just little <laughs> just rats nibbling at his balls. Tiny little rat penises. Tiny rat penises. <laughs> tiny rat vages just drifting around. Like they're on a conveyor belt at the end of the generation game. That's probably what the inside of his brain is like. <laughs> Cuddly toy with his anus exposed. It's just that and then the occasional murder. Did he do a lot of murders? Yeah, that guy gets chopped in half. Chucks a bloke on a spike. He chucks the bloke oh, on a yeah. spike and um... chucks the bloke on a spike. He roughs up the large lady. Yeah, a bit unpleasant. Yeah, that's that that grim. Yeah. He psychically forces a guy to put his hand in a rat trap. Yes. Oh, was that what was going on? I, think I was so. like, <laughs> yeah. well, at first I thought maybe he was the Phantom, 
But then he was just a grubby rat man. <laughs> just a grubby rat man. Not the Phantom of the Opera. Also a grubby rat man. If you were raised by rats, I was like, oh, that's him as an adult then, because he looks like a rat. I'm like, no, he's just rat man. It's just he's the just rat man. Yeah. Rat man scoop. I find it very interesting. Rat man scoop. Sorry. I like rat man <laughs> yeah, scoop. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I find it quite um, interesting. Go ready in the house. Go ready. <laughs> go ready. Wow, wow. To the rats down on my balls. <laughs> squeak, 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 rat fucker. Ah, oh, squeak, squeak, gun, yeah. Isn't a rat man scoop what the journalist that's reporting on the opera house gets? <laughs> yeah. hey. See, there we go. Um, I thought it was quite interesting because in Dario Gento films, the villain's always horrendously disfigured. The one time there's a chance for mm. a famously disfigured person to be a figure of some sympathy, he goes, No, I break out of my box. No, I change. I no, change. No, I have a Julian Assange, handsome English man. He had so many moody and he can't act very well, eh? No, bless <laughs> it. Rest his soul, but he cannot act. <laughs> Rat fucker. He's the man who enjoys a rodent's touch. The music, though, is blooming um, Ennio Morricone. Yeah. Like, a spoiler alert, the Phantom of the Opera dies at the end of the Phantom of the Opera. But when I found myself getting emotionally involved. I was like, he's just too good, that Morricone. He can make you fall for any old shite. <laughs> and he certainly has worked on any old shite. Yeah. I I mean, I don't really like the Phantom of the Opera. And the main reason I don't like it is those steampunk elements because they're less steampunk to me and more... Jean-Pierre Genet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't stand that kind of shit. City of Lost Children shit, mm. innit? You read a fucking film called Micmax. You can't watch a film called Micmax. It's not a bad movie, actually. I mean, yeah, the, yeah it, it, I could... there is an element of the kind of teeth-itching tweeness that you get in some stuff, but his stuff does have a little bit of a Gilliam-esque grotesquerie about it, and there's certainly that, that in there. Ah, see, I'm not keen on Terry Gilliam either outside of Python. Not even Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. I've I've, I've, I've tried watching it. I didn't get very far oh. into it. All right, I'm quitting as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was three. <laughs> Just when we were on the cusp of fame and fortune. No. Yeah, it all falls apart then. There's the old uh, Walkman and Wise story, isn't it? Sure. We're going to be a nightmare in the dressing room before the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> Stand in four separate corners. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play a witch. Yeah, we get a dressing room. Of course we don't get a fucking dressing room. <laughs> well, I'm quitting now. Don't get a fucking dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> Guess where I bought my Phantom of the Opera DVD from? From Dario Argento's shop itself. From oh. the fair hand of Luigi Cozzi. Who was working behind the counter? That's in Milan, isn't it? Rome. Is it Rome? Rome. Oh, okay. Do you have to blow the dust off it? No one's wanted this one for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they are the habit of Suspiria. Let's uh, uh. <laughs> go and get it right from the very, very back of the shop. You know, this one where you really see a lot of tits of Asia. Huh? <laughs> you lack of the tits or you lack of the rats? I got this one, I got extra rats just for you. <laughs> I just watched the film that Luigi Cozzi made mainly in the shop recently, Blood on Melio's Moon. It's uh, not very good, but it's very oh. ambitious, shall we say. It starts when a tourist goes down into the museum underneath the shop, where I've also been because it's brilliant, and um, gets murdered by the mannequin from Blood and Black Lace. So it starts off well, yeah. but it's a complete a complete mess. Does it sing Agadoo? Why? <laughs> <laughs> that one, right? <laughs> How have I never made that connection yeah. before? I'm surprised that I didn't either. Very good. I, I don't get it. I need it explained to me. Black Lace were a 80s novelty pop band. Yeah. 
This is very good. Thank you. <laughs> is there a rapper called Blood? Because if they collabed. Yeah, it probably is. There's Young Blood. Young Blood and Black blood. Lace. Young no, blood. Young Blood's not a rapper. He's a ponce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, are we done with Phantom? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be done with Phantom, but yeah, for the purposes of this podcast. Stay forever. <laughs> and then just be haunted by the... Also, there's the bad CGI moment. With all the people oh. stuck in the rat trap. Yeah, CGI is not his friend. I mean, it, no, CGI is not his friend. And in fact, sort of digital, more, more recent filmmaking techniques aren't either. But as an image that is grotesque and also quite bad, I will say it will stay with you. I liked the sauna. Oh, yeah, that was almost like something from a Ken Russell film. It just needed to turn the dial up very, very slightly on the camp mad shit and it would have been... Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, when he thought it was Christine and it wasn't, it was just a prostitute and his little strop. I loved his little strop. He's like, ugh, ugh. Oh, no. no. Yeah, it's a, it was quite rude, really. She's just doing her job. It was very yeah. rude to that prostitute. Yeah, but was just trying to have a fun time in there and he's all like, yeah. Yeah, not Christine. Yeah. I want Christine in my sauna. Yeah. Christine. Yeah. She should have psychically made her come to sauna. Phantom would have done that. He would have done, yeah, but the Phantom wouldn't have gone to the sauna because he's probably got his own rat sauna. <laughs> yeah, rat sauna. By which he means his trousers full of rats. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is a sauna for them, I guess. It's quite warm. Yeah, slough of sly fart. Anyway. Anyway. Friday, did you just tell us you let out a sly fart? No, no I that, said you let would... out a sly fart and then it would be like a little steam room yeah, for the rats. Sort of like oh, yeah. right, okay. We, we, yeah, just just thinking about the logistics of a rat trouser sauna, yeah. all right? But the thing yeah. is, the rats are at the front, aren't they? Um, oh, well, it could be an exit through the gift shop. Oh, I that's... suppose so, yeah. Then they... so it's Wait a like, second, it's is the like... gift shop the arse? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's what ladies do. It's when... So exit through the gift shop is when a lady does a fart, but it travels out, especially if a lady is sat down, and you do you do a fart, but it travels like upwards through the flaps instead. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. that's cool. You mean a queef? No, no, no. it's when just no, it's just the, the air because it's where oh, you sat. Oh right, yeah. yeah. No, it's a bum yeah. fart that just travels through the flaps. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. Exit through the gift exit shop. Exit through okay. the gift shop. Yeah. Educational. <laughs> Award nominated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you in the educational tonight. Yeah, exactly. We're learning as we go. Well, anyway, are we done with Phantom of the Opera now? Yeah. No, no, no we've got more about that in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we, could. we could, well, I definitely could. But <laughs> why were they always on the roof? Um, no, I am done now. I'm done. He disliked the roof. You just love the roof. Like the roof. Maybe he liked pigeons as well as rats. <laughs> but it's harder to catch them and put them down his trousers. So he's yeah, stuck with the roof. Yeah, out. Yeah, you, you can't use the old sauna <laughs> line on a pigeon. No, they don't sweat. Or, or what you'd need would be a windy day and a pair of like very very baggy trousers, and then you might be able to make it work. But yeah. it's not really his. Style. I think we, I think we are done talking about. <laughs> okay, what I thought we'd do then to mix things up a bit is we'll go through the Argento catalogue, horror first, jally afterwards, which brings us to the all-time classic witch flick, Suspiria. Uh, taking us eighty-one episodes to get to Suspiria, amazingly. I can't believe that. But yeah, there are a lot of films, aren't there? There are a lot of films. Suspiria. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Film. Yeah, yeah, it's incredibly good. I can't believe we've not covered this before. It's come up in highs and lows, but you know. Yeah, we've definitely discussed it because yeah. I went to that Suspiria bar in Tokyo. Yes. And we, we discussed it in relation, we've covered the um, 2019 Suspiria. Which was apparently at one point going to be directed by David Gordon Green, who did that fuck awful Halloween trilogy. Oh, really? Can you really? imagine? Ugh. I know. Ugh. 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 David 
Gordon Green. No, I'm not going to go see your fucking Exorcist sequel. No. <laughs> oh, was he do- did he direct that? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I don't want to see the Exorcist oh. sequel anyway, but I double don't want to go and see it now. You hear that, Hollywood? Yeah, yeah fuck you. We don't want to see any more David Gordon Green films. No. That's how they should have resolved the writer's strike, isn't it? They should have just burnt David Gordon Green in a pit. <laughs> that was one of the few demands they didn't actually accede to. <laughs> so the only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first 92, which does rather suggest... That it's got a very underwhelming ending. Yeah, not a good tagline, especially the ending's brilliant. Like it's, it's... it's pretty brilliant. Although when Helena Marcus, the main witch, comes out, I was getting strong um, suburban Sasquatch vibes. You're gonna kill me, Helena Marcus. Suburban Sasquatch. There we go. One thing I would say is. If you didn't know it's about witches, it says it's witches quite early on in the soundtrack, doesn't it? Yeah, it's my favourite I thing. love that. <laughs> no, it's my favourite thing in cinema, because he goes, I want to ask about your favourite subject. And he goes, witches? And I'm like, yes, it's witches! Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. My favourite line is when um, John Bennett's character says, I don't know what the word secrets or irises mean either. Like, well, I knew what they meant when I was five, so... Well, you didn't go to ballet school, did you? Do you think Joan Bennett's heart was really in it? There is very much a vibe of, I'm just going to grip my teeth and get my paycheck about yeah. it. Yeah. But I think that kind of adds to the general air of oddness, the fact that you've got this old Hollywood actress in there. This film is like, it, it's very much a kind of lightning in a bottle sort of thing, because you look at the kind of separate elements and you think on paper it shouldn't work, but it really, really does. It all hangs mm. together as its own kind of weird, yeah. trippy, fairy tale nightmare. It stands out so much from Argento's other work. Like, why is that? It's loud. It's very it's loud. really loud. But yeah, I mean, it's it's loud, it's mad, it's... It's beautiful to look at. So good. Yeah, that it's bit so... where the uh, two girls die at the start and the stained glass window comes crashing down. That's such an incredible sequence. Yeah. Mm. Makes absolutely no sense at all. No. And it's never explained or really referred to. Um, but it just looks incredible. Great killings. Yeah. Olga's wallpaper. It's very busy, isn't it? Every time I upgrade uh, what version I'm watching, so obviously I've watched this on VHS, I've seen it in the cinema, I've watched it on DVD and Blu-ray and now 4K. And the detail in her absolutely hideous wallpaper is incredible. That black and white thing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, just uh, everything in this film, though, is, is, I hate to say iconic, but it is iconic. Mm. Like, I'm going to talk about the little Suspiria bar in Tokyo because it had the wallpaper, it had like, the stained glass window, it had the sink, it had like, everything, all these like small things that all added up, and it was just amazing. The sink that she pulls the red wine down? Yeah, it had like a little stain. It had the red wine stain. Yeah, (laughs) it was amazing. And I went in and I was like explaining Suspiria to my friends because they hadn't seen it. And the bartender just went, Suspiria! And then put on Suspiria. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. They do that every time anyone mentions Suspiria because Suspiria (laughs) a lot. Because he didn't speak a lot of English, so he just sort of shouted Suspiria and then pointed at the wall and just went, Goblin! (laughs) Because the band Goblin had been into the bar and signed the wall. Okay, that's cool. It was amazing. It's great. Sounds better than the Blue Velvet bar I went to in Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just an 80s themed bar with pictures of Cal McLaughlin and Dennis Hopper on it. They were playing fucking Kajagugu. Did it serve Pab's Blue Ribbon? It did not. It did not serve Pab's Blue Ribbon. The thing is, I've had Pab's Blue Ribbon and it's horrible. It's shit beer. 
I should clarify, that's not the same Carl McLaughlin who recommended last month that we watch Suburban Sasquatch. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get as many Suburban Sasquatch references into this episode. It's sort of changed you as a person. Changed your life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am who I am, pre-Suburban Sasquatch and post-Suburban Sasquatch, and I like who I am now. With some people, it's like a, an acid trip, or they've seen something beautiful or wonderful work of art, or they've taken mushrooms or whatever. With you, <laughs> Suburban Sasquatch. Sasquatch. I think probably the uh, experience of taking mushrooms isn't unlike watching Suburban Sasquatch. I could swear that police car was 2D. If Dario Argento directed Suburban Sasquatch, would Dario Argento play Suburban Sasquatch, do you reckon? No, she played the Native American girl with her tits out. You know the bit where she's combing her hair and finds maggots in the comb and then she looks up and there's maggots coming off the ceiling? Yeah. Right. I used to swear that one day when I was a child, probably about 12, uh-huh. 13 i was sitting on my bed eating a bag of hula hoops and a worm an earthworm fell into it right from the ceiling and when i looked up there wasn't anything on the ceiling but where else could the earthworm have fallen from into my bag of hula hoops <laughs> and, the, and the more i think about this as i get older the more i wonder if it never actually happened and i don't know where the fuck <laughs> this memory comes yeah. from but, but i distinctly remember it happening okay yeah, I once <laughs> murdered my headmistress because she's turned my best friend into a zombie. I don't know if that happened or not either. It troubles me. I want to. Well, I think it, I think this might be the first time I've ever said it out loud. <laughs> and maybe I had it in my hair. Yeah, I mean, it must have been either it would, it would have been on you, or it would have been somewhere in the room, yeah. obviously. Mm. Or someone had done some kind of hilarious practical joke and put a worm on your lampshade. Yeah, it was then. Beetle about. Oh, it could have been on a lampshade. Can worms get on a lampshade? I don't see how. Someone would have had to put it there. Mm. No one would have put it there. No secret cheeky pranksters in your family that would have yeah. uh, been. Oh, absolutely not. Miserable bunch of cunts. <laughs> <laughs> we covered the sequel to Superior on our very first episode, but not to worry, there's a second sequel 2007's long awaited <laughs> Mother of Tears. Wow. I mean, first off, what a fucking bell end for saying this is going to be the climax of the trilogy. I think it would have gone down a lot better if you just said this is my new film. But to say this mm, is. Yeah the follow-up to Suspiria and Inferno and then just come up with this thing that just looks like... It looks really cheap, doesn't it? And it does. The tunic, the tunic looks like it was made by the drama department at school. Yeah, it's a potato mm. sack, isn't it? It is. <laughs> with like a bit of gold leaf on it. It's like, oh no, Dazza. But I think it's a decent enough film. Is it? Mm, yeah. It, it, it's, it. it's campily watchable, but I don't know say it's necessarily decent. This one's basically like if somebody went to Rome, bought a load of Catholic kitsch tap and it kind of like what if this came to life <laughs> yeah that's how it started it started with the gift shop bit not that gift shop but an actual <laughs> gift shop just to clarify there are no no well maybe there maybe there were some bums involved when uh, catholicism was invented certainly have been down the years since yeah. <laughs> i mean the gore in it is amazing that first kill where the woman gets her jaw cracked open, lips torn off, belly cut open, guts out everywhere, finally strangled with her own intestines. Finally. That is like the sort of thing that a hyperactive five-year-old would write just before <laughs> their parents were called into the school for a, <laughs> uh, a conversation. I liked the uh, ghost mum. You like the ghost mum? I did. I just, especially when she's just like floating in front of her and it's yeah. like you're playing a POV first-person shooter or something. Mm. <laughs> she's just like, oh, like clippy. Just quite useless. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Oh. It looks like you were trying to kill Mother Lacrimata. Yeah. She, she, she does nothing. She just turns up and goes, do it, go on, sorry, can't. Yeah, oh, dead, but... Off I go into the... Oh, ghost mum. 
ghost. So useless. <laughs> I thought having a ghost mum would be cool, but you can never do anything good. Isn't there a film called Ghost Dad? There yeah, is. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Yeah. It has got Bill Cosby in, yeah. As the titular ghost dad. As the titular ghost dad. He can walk through walls. You don't know when he's not in the room. Ghost dad. <laughs> It can fuck you while you're asleep. Yeah. Don't leave him alone with anything that you're about to drink. Yes. He'll use his special ectoplasm to yeah. let you go to sleep. The thing is, it's expected where it's ghost dad. There's always more shocking where it's a ghost mum does that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or where were the ghost mums when I was a kid? Hey! <laughs> All right, pre-Mother of Tears, Argento made two hour-long films for the Masters of Horror TV series. And they're the only films he's ever directed that he didn't write or co-write, so... They don't really feel like Argento films, but they're both good, I think. Oh, they're awful. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Pelts and... Um, Jennifer. With a lot of the 70s... Well, Argento isn't quite the, the worst for this, but quite a lot of like 70s horror. There's like horrible, grim misogyny. But you think, yeah, it was the 70s, though, and everyone's got groovy curtains and there's there's nice dresses and it's all Part weird the and, charm. And, and, and charming and kitschy. But then by the time you get to whenever these were made and you've still got the same horrible misogyny, but without even any kind of sense of yeah. of anything other than just, oh, look, blood and guts. It was or... a different time, 2006. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the thing with Jennifer is, yes, it is definitely misogynistic. And it's definitely like this Masters of Horror series said, look, you can do anything. Just make it as like offensive as possible. Yeah. Make sure she has a cracking rack, though, whatever happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and make sure that your your main character's teenage son makes reference to the fact that she's got great boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure she talks like a, oh, did I do something wrong? But, like, it just she does it through her. Make, like, oh, did Jennifer kill another guy? <laughs> like, when she's not speaking, but, you know, the sort of noises she made really sounded like kind of a bad Marilyn Monroe impression. Mm. It was so odd. <laughs> I've th- if she actually had done a Marilyn Monroe impression, I think that might actually have been better. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I've killed your cat. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. Copperman. Yeah, that cat. Did- oh, that was a gory old cat death, that one. Yeah, I know, it was horrible, yeah. yeah. What do you think about the scene where he goes to collect her from the psychiatric hospital or whatever, and the staff there say, sure, yeah, here she is, yeah. and they go into her room while she's in the shower, naked, and say, this is your new guy to look after you jennifer well they put her in a psychiatric institution solely with weird old men so i don't think they're mm-hmm. the best uh, <laughs> the, the best psychiatric she's in a sexy psychiatric hospital yeah so i mean that one's a bit dodgy but i enjoyed it i think just because like they fit so much into 56 minutes or whatever well it's it it's based on a i believe it's based on a comic book i read somewhere yes. and it's the sort of thing that i would imagine if it was a short story and in like the hands of a better writer like maybe Stephen King is most kind of coked up and weird and mad because maybe you've got away with this or maybe you could have done it as like a someone got a Sasquatch in their room yeah Sasquatch drive-by okay but if somebody had done it as like some kind of fucked up feminist fairy tale and sort of Angela Carter style then maybe it would have been a good story but it, it's just shit and they've not even spelt Jennifer right. That's the spooky thing. Pelts, though, is <laughs> incredible. No. The disgusting special effects are fun, and I always enjoy Meatloaf as an actor. But, again, it's a load of sexist shite. I think it was even more sexist than Jennifer in a lot of ways. Because doesn't he basically sexually assaults the stripper, and she's like, oh, but if you're going to give me a fancy jacket, I will go... Well, I didn't understand mm. that, because like he's spent the whole film craving this 
beautiful fur coat made out of raccoon pelts. And then he fucks her while she's still wearing it. It's like, have you ever tried getting cum out of fur? No, have you? No. So I found out how difficult it is to give a cat a wash. <laughs> but no, I thought the way the, the story unfolds, like it's really unexpected. Every other scene, something absolutely mad and surprising happens. And most of the time, it's really fucking gory. So gory. Also, even the font for the names in the opening credits, Bavus 3D, I'd recognise it straight away. I've used it on flyers. No expense spared with pelts. <laughs> no, it's from 1001freefonts.com. <laughs> oh, amazing. I think all, all the money in pelts went on the, uh, on the gore, didn't Game it? Game effects, yeah. yeah. The gore was really good, yeah. The trap on the face. What? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. face slicing. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the best film, but the gore was great. Meatloaf's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very silly. And it's under an hour. Yeah. And his most recent film is a bit horror and a bit jello and just a bit of a sad drama. 2022's Dark Glasses. Oh. I like this. Yeah, I like, like, I like this. I um, I thought this was very, very, very solid. It doesn't feel particularly Argento-y, but it's well directed. It's got a solid story. The music's good. Music's Pumping. banging. It's supposed to be Daft Punk, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose it's a bit Daft Punky. A lot of it sounds like Underworld, sort of like mid-90s, or specifically the bit where the car's at the beginning. Yeah. It sounds like the bit of Born Slippy where... Your neighbours or your mum would tell you to turn it down. Well, Daft Punk were supposed to do the soundtrack, but it took so long to be made, they split up before they could. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. What I find quite interesting is that it does the kind of the gore and the mystery stuff, but even if you took that away, you'd still have a relationship between two interesting characters. Do you mean Pazio Argento and Elenia Pastorelli? Oh, right. No, I suppose I suppose three there. No, I was referring to the uh, the little main kid. actress and the little kid. I thought that was well done. And also, I thought the dog was going to die and it didn't. So that was good. Excellent dog puppet in this film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent dog, dog puppet. puppet. In fact, the dog done yeah. some killings rather than the dog being right. killed. Who so. was hotter, dog puppet or rat puppet? Uh, oh, dog puppet. Oh, rat every time. Oop. <laughs> I love to see that scene with the dog because I was not as enamoured with this film I found it a little bit boring but yeah the dog scene definitely held my attention and felt like a really good payoff it was really nice to see Alzio Argento doing something different as well mm. completely nailing it yeah no tits out was there there were tits out in it no no um, tits out no tits no, out no. No. she was a prostitute but there were no tits Alzio Argento wasn't no she wasn't no, no she wasn't no. she was the um... she's, she's the the blind charity person oh main lady was a prostitute then yeah Hey, all women are. <laughs> Award nominated. Um, yeah, it was just the way that they portrayed the sex workers, etc. Was um, I thought that was well done. It was sympathetic to them. It was sympathetic to their customers as well. Yeah, they didn't kind of go down any kind of grotesquerie. You didn't have a kind of whore with a heart of gold cliche going on. It was just a, it was a solid movie. Yeah, I did think it was a bit odd. I mean, I know there are people with the name Chin. If you're going to have like a Chinese character, maybe not call him Chin. And he, did, yeah. and he said the name like an awful lot. It was like you had to really yeah. emphasize that was his name. It was, I mean, he was a good wee character and a good relationship. Just every time they said that, I was like, eh, I could have called him anything, but Chin. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's switch from his most recent film to not his first, because we did that on episode 28, but the second in his so-called animal trilogy, The Cat and Nine Tales from 1970. The least interesting of the animal trilogy, I think. Mm. But yeah, yeah it's, it's it's not an amazing one. You can kind of see nice camera work where you've got the camera sort of creeping around an interior in the way that it does brilliantly in Tenebrae quite a few years later. And you've got the kind of like dark but almost quite funny ending, which is quite good. Bits of it are quite stylish. 
the main lady's got a really weird dress at one point that looks like bandages, but she still manages to sort of carry it off. And you've got your classic thing where you've got two people that meet in the course of a case and their dialogue is basically, I hate you, you're awful, do you want to have sex? And in this film, I think they literally actually say it. Yeah. Um, it's the most awkward sex scene as well. It's when she takes her dress off, she's just got these like those straps mm. and they just kind of fall down. She just kind of sits there just like looking really pissed off. <laughs> just Angry sex. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's so mechanical because they're just like chatting. They're like, oh, you're awful. Yeah. And then they just like, start immediately taking their clothes off. Mm. Sounds normal to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the problems I have with Cat Nine Tails is that the inciting incident at the start isn't a murder it's a bloody burglary and that's not as compelling is it to start mm. i mean you do have to feel sorry for jimmy the window the night watchman is that his name is that a, i think that's his name jimmy the window a man half killed a watchman jimmy the window and then ran off <laughs> <laughs> also in the 70s over three decades before masters of horror argento directed two hour-long films for the italian tv series door into darkness First of those is the tram, in which a detective has to figure out how a woman was murdered on a busy tram without anyone noticing. I like these. Well, I like this one especially. I like both of them, but this one's particularly good. It's a lovely little whodunit. It's got absurdity and ridiculous characters in the background. And then at the end, you've got a, a chase sequence through the tram depot, which is kind of classic argento mm. making good use of the space. Yeah, apparently a scene he was going to do in Bird with Crystal Plumage. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. I like the fact that the detective character in this isn't, like, fucked up in some way or other. He's relatively chill, and except he keeps clicking his fingers, and even then that's meant to move yeah. the plot along. This is, like, the funniest one. Yeah, a bit silly, a bit suspenseful. Mm. He gets a lot into short runtime, actually. I think it yes. suits him. I like it when the cleaner finds the uh, body. He says, oh, God, which in Italian is, oh, dear. So it just sounds like he goes, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Uh, and then we've got Eyewitness, in which a late night driver is convinced that she saw the body of a murdered woman in the road, but everyone else is like, nah. <laughs> that is pretty much it. Yeah. That one's fine. It's not as good. It's not as good, and it feels a little bit like it was a longer film that they kind of edited down. Oh, I would say the opposite. Oh, I feel really? like it's a shorter film that's padded out a bit much. Hmm, I don't know. There's that scene where the woman, the driver, and her husband go off to the nightclub, and then there's a really awful nightclub scene where it's just zooming in and out of some flashing lights. Oh, yeah, that's, some that's really funny. Vaguely fun. funky music, guys. And then it suddenly cuts to him going, Did you have fun? <laughs> And I wonder if that was the, because it's credited to a different director, and I wonder if that was the one scene that that director shot before Argento went, uh, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Let me take over. <laughs> oh, there's a really weird bit at the end where, like, she survives, and she's obviously traumatised because she was almost murdered obviously. and everything, and the detective says, here, take this souvenir, and it's a photo of a drowned person, some other body they found, yeah. that had nothing to do with that case. It turned out. I hope that's not the kind of police station where they have kids like wandering around on an open day. And there you go. You take that. Take that as a souvenir. Yeah. You'd be the envy of all your friends on the playground. Of the, the corpse. Now, if you're one of those people who finds that listening to an episode of Double Times Five leaves you lightheaded and confused, then that, my friend, is known as the Stendhal syndrome, <laughs> which is also the title of Argento's 1995 Jalo. Sorry, are you comparing us to Renaissance master paintings with that? Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> the only film ever allowed to shoot in the Uffizi Gallery, you know? Yeah. Really, really backed a winner with that one, didn't yeah. they, that decision? <laughs> it's a shame Luke got killed by the suburban Sasquatch earlier because I was going to ask him um, <laughs> that's what happened. Um, because <laughs> that's I was going to 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask him if the reason that he says Asia Argento is cancelled is because she gets off with that fish in this film. Oh, uh, no. I know why she's no, cancelled. We all know why she's cancelled. We all know why she's cancelled. Yeah. yeah, also, it's, it's another puppet. It's a fish puppet. So now we've got three animal puppets in the Who's Sexiest debate. I should have made it a little jingle for it. <laughs> Who's the sexiest puppet? puppet? <laughs> Musical improv comedian Simon Block. Who's the sexiest puppet? <laughs> Which furry friend would you like to fuck? Who's the sexiest puppet? <laughs> would you like a dog or a cat or maybe a duck? Yeah, duck. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, what do you think of Stendhal syndrome then? Uh, I tell you what, I thought the beginning was like really felt like an actual nightmare, just really sort of stirring and full on, and that is boring for so long. <laughs> like for ages, 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 it's really boring, and it gets quite fucked up again, and quite good in the end. Like it was, it was an odd one. Such a sweaty man, that murderer, mm. sweaty old rapey murderer, and he's you don't really see people yeah. sweat that much. Ah, uh, make him really sweaty, huh? <laughs> it sort of doesn't. His ideas don't gel. Like the titular Stendhal syndrome is like, oh, that sounds quite interesting. I don't know what her psychological throughline is. She has amnesia no. at the beginning, then doesn't have amnesia and doesn't have it again. And then she just loses it. It's odd. It's odd. And if you see a picture of a horse, you hear horses. And if you see a picture of a battle, you hear soldiers and cannon yeah. fire. Or if you see some quite nice graffiti, then it turns into a graffiti monster for about three seconds. Yeah. yeah. If you see some rats, you get a wide on. If you see a rat riding on a fish with a dog, then you know, that's... that's... That's Game it. over. <laughs> Game over. You're not doing anything for the rest of that day. Exit through the gift shop. <laughs> you can't get through the gift shop due to flooding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the scene where she swallows some pills. The worst bit of CGI ever. Oh, that's... What even is that? There's a 3D CGI internal down her throat as the pills go. Oh, doom, why? Doom, 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 uh, slow motion. So stupid. Looks like a mock up. We'll do the proper effects later, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they show the final cut of the film and go, shit, we forgot to do them. <laughs> oh, we can't just cut the scene of the pills going down the throat. They'd lose everything with that. How will they know yeah. where the pills gone if we don't show the pills gloriously exactly. going down this weird suggestion? <laughs> They do that in House all the time. Have you ever watched House? Mm. Like when they're diagnosing something, they have like they do like a really intense like three D like oh it went down her throat and then this happened and yeah it's like that but if the CGI was done by a I don't know someone who's never seen a computer before oh it's <laughs> like like they got the guys in from Grand Designs who do the little models of the house at the start <laughs> have you got the people who did the drawings from Great British Bake Off like <laughs> staggering. All right, one more before our second feature, and it's Do You Like Hitchcock? A low-quality jello about a nerdy film student who thinks he's stumbled across a double murder plot that's been copied from Strangers on a Train. To which I say, if only there were two murders in this fucking film. One is not enough, although it is a good one. This is weird, this one, because it feels a little bit like an episode of Hollyoaks. Mm. <laughs> Why does everyone in Turin have an English accent? That bit where the guy goes, Hello, I'm Alvaro Potasso. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit of dubbing is when the chap is just standing in the door of the video shop and he goes, Hello, have you got Blue Velvet with the extras? Do you have David Lynch's Blue Velvet with the interview? No, but I have a razor head with all the extras. And he just goes, 
Nah. <laughs> then, then, then the scene ends. <laughs> nah. Brilliant. This is a bit like, um, was it Rabid Grannies the other month where it's been yes. dubbed by people who, who really <laughs> don't know what they're doing and can't be asked. I wrote, I wrote it's like Rabid Grannies. <laughs> oh yeah, what do I win? <laughs> I think the, the main actor who plays the nerdy film student's pretty good. He does a decent job. Really? Oh, he's very irritating. Yeah. Even his arguments with his girlfriends are irritating. It's like he kind of gave up on writing an actual believable argument and it just turns into, no, you, no, you, no, you. Oh, yeah. No, you, fuck off. No, you, no, you. The dialogue appears to be written by people who've never heard other people talk in their no. entire lives or indeed seen a film <laughs> where other people talk, which is weird. I did enjoy when he broke his foot and it's a really long scene of him just mm. like screaming and failing to get on his moped and it feels like it goes on for so long to the point where it gets really funny he's making suburban sasquatch noises he is yeah it's bits like that that make me hate it less than when i first watched it (laughs) i gave it two stars but i still think it's argento's worst film the kind of weird atmosphere that argento conjures up especially in things like suspiria and um, inferno that's just not there in the more recent ones and i don't know if that's because it that doesn't lend itself to modern um Mm. filmmaking techniques but it would be nice if he, he did one that was like a nightmare but a, a sort of a trip of a nightmare which is what Suspiria is as yeah. opposed to just like a, a nightmare that doesn't make any sense and you're wondering where your trousers have gone um, <laughs> although have you seen like those films that people make these days and try to make them look like 70s chalet yeah it's and... because they've done it deliberately it's like the yeah. you know, I was saying about the lightning in a bottle thing with Suspiria mm-hmm. if you deliberately try to set out and do that then yeah it just looks Crap. They're shit, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And suitably enough, our Argento journey concludes with his most successful mix of supernatural horror and murder mystery Jallo. Released in 1985, it's Phenomena, aka Creepers. The wind, yes. The fawn. Very particular wind. Typical of this part of the country. It comes from the Alps. The blasts of warm air cause snow avalanches. While it blows, there are those who say it causes madness. Have you any idea why they behave like that? Never done this before. It's probably because of me. I guess they sense the mood on me. Ask him to lead you where the dead bodies are hidden. And he'll lead you. That fly is your magic wand. It's perfectly normal for insects to be slightly telepathic. Yeah, it's normal for insects. But am I normal? A schoolgirl uses her telepathic connection with insects to detect the local serial killer. Mm-hmm. Stories old of time. <laughs> yeah. I love Phenomena. It's great. This is one that I've been not plus that wasn't that plus that asked about when I first saw it, but it, it's grown on me. With <laughs> Sorry, can we just say that again? <laughs> not plus, not plus, that plus, not asked. <laughs> I'm buffering and also I'm old and tired. I quit. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say, I nearly said non-plus. I said I wasn't yeah. I wasn't that bothered about it when I first saw it. So I was trying to say non-plussed, which I then yeah. changed to not that arsed. And then they yeah. kind of got conflated together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happens. I know. It was, it was just a beautiful thing hearing that all happen live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You don't get that sort of thing if you listen to pre-recorded podcasts. You have to come to the live shows. For that. <laughs> We're not inviting an audience into the fucking Skype calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should do that definitely. Uh, anyway, I, it's grown on me the more I've watched it. Mm. It's it's batshit. It makes no sense, and it is a little bit like eating an entire cake in one go. I think I had a similar the first time I watched it a few years ago. 
I was like, oh, I don't think I really enjoyed that. But then I spent the whole week talking about it. <laughs> the more they sit on it, the more we go, actually, no, I really enjoyed that. At the time, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Why has Donald's Pleasance got this accent? Why is there a monkey? Why are there flies? <laughs> Why are bugs obviously telepathic? And the music as well is... The music's cracking. I do love the fact that you've got things like, it's so sad, the professor's dead, and then you just get Motorhead. (laughs) I watched this time the Creepers cut, the shorter version. Oh, okay. Um, And I think I prefer it. It doesn't really cut out any story. It just cuts bits of dialogue and nothing major. But most importantly, it reduces the amount of bad heavy metal. That certainly improves it because I don't like Motorhead or Iron Maiden. Or <laughs> I quite like the bad heavy metal in this. So it just works in the context of the batch history of this. Yeah, film. it just sounds. Mm. Isn't so something I choose to listen to, but it's actually I do yeah. like Motorhead. But we did all watch her follow a fly to a murder scene, right? Mm. Yeah, we, we did yeah. all see that. I didn't imagine that bit. <laughs> no. That happens. Like, oh, the flies! When you're anywhere near the murder scene, if you bring a fly with you. If you're going, if they'll smell it through a bus. If you take attack the fly on the bus, and you attack the bus anywhere near a murder scene, the fly will go to it. And you'll follow the fly all the way to the murder scene. I can smell death through a bus. What? <laughs> oh God, don't stop. That was amazing. That was great, yeah. Oh, was he doing an accent? I thought it was just his normal voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Switzerland it's setting, I think, is it? Hey, Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but I've got to the, be with my bugs. <laughs> uh, the, this um, is my monkey. She's also my pal. Hey, she's my nurse. <laughs> Did he fuck with her? She'll kill you in the head. <laughs> okay, I want to watch the cut where all the dialogue is just is, is that, including the monkeys. <laughs> At the end, the monkey appears with the knife and goes, "I don't think so, pal." With the Glaswegian accent. <laughs> I know you're cold, man. Fucking Donald Pleasance, pal. I stabbed you the day. Get to fuck you. Get to fuck. Fucking stabbed you. Is there an all Scottish accent cut? Because I'd watch that one. You have to make it, Simon. Hey, she's Belzebub, the devil of the insects. The laird of the flies. Talking to the monkey, Inga, would you want a pet that had a massive ass like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're going to have a, a booty pet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would be more concerned about having a chimp as a pet because I could rip your face off. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> really think about the size of its arse while it's ripping my face off. Well, don't mention the size of its arse, it won't rip your face off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. It's fine for it to have a big arse, just a place <laughs> mix a lot in the presence of a chimp. I'm saying I like big butts. <laughs> Stop objectifying my monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said I liked the big butts. Did I rip my face off and <laughs> um, Did you notice that Giorgio Armani did the costumes? Yeah. Did he? Do you think he made that Barry Gibb t-shirt that the girl wears? <laughs> that was so weird. Is it like Barry Gibb? If I was Giorgio Armani, I would make sure the credit said costumes by Giorgio Armani, brackets, except for the Barry Gibb t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Which is clearly just a Barry Gibb mask, print sticked onto a t-shirt. <laughs> And um, there's a scene where Jennifer's being bullied and all the schoolgirls are going, I'm a spider, I'm a spider. Why does she not go, as a like entomologist, why does she not go, spiders aren't insects, you fucking divs? Oh. Don't they teach you anything in school? Yeah, she should have said that. That would have been like a really sick burn. It would have been, because when I was nine years old, maybe. <laughs> this is pre or post-worm. Yeah. It is pre-worm. <laughs> 
um, on some quiz show on, on BBC One, they asked, what insect, blah, 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 and the answer was a spider, or something along those lines. Basically, they said that spiders were a type of insect, and I wrote to CFAX, and my letter, <laughs> my letter appeared on CFAX. Did it appear okay on CFAX, though, or was half of it numbers? Because sometimes CFAX would go weird. And... I don't know. I think my main memory of seeing it appear on CFAX, well, I can't remember, to be honest. I can't remember if I was like, fuck you, in my nine, ten-year-old's voice, or if I was like, oh, man, oh, no, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. <laughs> and everyone saw it. <laughs> everyone saw it, and they went, ah, spider boy. Ah, spider let's face it it was on cfax nobody saw it might even have been on the channel 4 version i can't remember what was that one called again it was called like oh foretell it's just come to me i was trying to remember earlier and i thought i'll look it up and i was like no i can't be asked it's foretell i feel very young so i'm really enjoying this conversation yeah it's Mm. like internet on your tv yeah in the olden days you used to just record your thoughts onto a wax cylinder (laughs) and then put them on the back of a pigeon And then he'd hide as the air ride sirens. In, in the on. modern age, you can't record your thoughts. <laughs> that's, that's still that's still Speak future. your so, thoughts. What exactly are podcasts? <laughs> speaking our thoughts. Speaking. I don't know why we do it, to be fair, but, you know, fucking got an award nomination out of it. <laughs> it's for the wank jokes. Yeah. It's like my monthly release. Your monkey release? My monthly release. <laughs> Is that why you want a monkey with a big butt? I do. I do. I need it. The monkey release. Well, you know, I can't do this forever. I need a monkey release. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, right. Uh, Okay. Are we done with phenomena? Oh, yeah. Quality monkey release at the end of that. Now you know Cliff would say it's not a monkey, it's a chimpanzee. (laughs) Right, in C-Fax. It's not a monkey, it's an ape. Exactly, it's an ape. Ape release isn't as funny, though. Actually, I'm fucking glad you pointed that out, Simon, because otherwise people would have written to CFAX. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they would. They've written to CFAX that doesn't exist anymore. And said, I was listening <laughs> to... <laughs> Devil Times 5. It was upset. The usual wank jokes were taken up with an inaccuracy. And it's the was a monkey. It was obviously not. Please return to jokes about fucking rats. P.S. I am communicating this via wax cylinder by the power of my mind. <laughs> PPS, I was wanking while I thought this. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as Dario Argento himself might say, Giacchiamo rumore spaventosi. Oh, how are we going to do this? So is it Simon and Bryony versus Emily on our own? going to go split it three ways it doesn't seem much point splitting it three ways because no one will get any points <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, should we, we start just to change do, just do it as yeah. a group effort and see how many points you get as a team of three okay Ooh. should we try that let's yeah. try that it's exciting all right i don't know where the shaky egg of destiny is anyway so i've got a i still have not a... thought of a sound i mean it's all kind of redundant if we're on the same team though no oh, that's true number one crazy eyes Walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a duck with a meat cleaver. Yeah. Anyway, it's all in there, I think. Yeah, good job. Nice work. You been to psych yet? Ah, come on, Charlie. No, 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 Frank. No, no, this is standard op. It's not my call. You gotta go down there. I mean, you just don't ice some guy and then go home, put your feet up, and watch QVC. Da, 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 
Come on, you apes! You want to live forever? Starship Troopers is music. It is. Of course it is. Did you get the dialogue? Was it Cat of Nine Tails? No. No, it was uh, Jennifer. Uh, Uh, Sorry, it wasn't so good. I'm Jennifer. I was just to class. (laughs) (laughs) I've eaten your cat, Mr. President. Oh, shall we? Have we done Starship Troopers? No, we haven't. We never have, no. We could. We should, yeah. It's a great film. What theme would it fit into? Just films that are fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. I'm Jesse Hooker. I believe you already met me. Diamondback. I'm your worst fucking nightmare. Seven. And I'm Homer. H O M E R. Just pronounce it and I wouldn't want to be you. The Simpsons. Yeah. I knew someone would say <laughs> The Simpsons. Stendhal Syndrome? It was the Stendhal Syndrome, Simon. Phew! Yeah. Anyone get the dialogue? Uh, Near no. Dark. Um, oh! Yeah. Do you know that's not in print at all? Near Dark. It's impossible to get a copy. And it's not streaming anywhere, which is a shame. Not if you go to my uh, shelves downstairs, oh, really? where I could just pull out the DVD well. and put it on whenever you like, well. which, in my experience, is never unless you <laughs> have to watch it for a fucking podcast. <laughs> it's just, it's a good I'm film. not a fan. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, physical media rules. Don't yeah. rely on streaming. Number three. You left them a lot of money. So what? Nothing. It also says the killer wore gloves. And he beat her head in with a brass pestle. She wanted to shout and call for help while she was bleeding to death. But the killer hit her again and again. <coughs> Splattered her brains all over the place. Listen, can't we talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, um, do you like Hitchcock in it? The dialogue? Yeah. Yeah. And the music is banging. It's difficult. It is banging, yeah. I don't know what that was. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Oklahoma. it's a film, it's got a lady. No. There is a lady in it, yes. It's not Predator. No. <laughs> it's not 12 Angry Men. It's not The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh, um, Cast Away. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that one with Robert Redford wanking on a boat. It's not The Boys in the Band. <laughs> it's not Strap on Steve 5. <laughs> yeah. It's not, uh, what's the one with the your man... And he's just, uh, it's not a phone booth. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. You sounded like my nan then. What's the one with your man? What's the one with your man? Sure, he's in the phone booth. The man in the phone booth there. He's, he's stood there in the phone Superman. booth. Superman! You're Superman! Yeah, yeah, Superman. But he doesn't ever get chased. Oh, go on. What is it? What is it? It was Crimes of the Future, the remake. Uh, of well, not the remake, the... The recent Crimes of the Future. At number four. I feel like girls, they just wear oversized everything like it's a blanket. You, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, right? It's like, because I think you would just look great in a dress. Not that you don't look good in a sweater, uh, but I mean, it? if you were... Uh, yeah, um, you must done, actually, thank you. Cool. Yeah, we'll just get this wrapped up then. Thank you. Uh-huh. Oh, you bring cash? The music. Cat of the Nine Tales. Yes, it is. And the dialogue. Uh, What's no. the one with your man in the dress? Yeah, your man. Would you buy a dress? Would you buy a dress now? Come on, it'll look great on you. Look great on you. Come on. No, 
It was fresh. No, no one said fresh. No. It's a lot harder to get the modern films with Luke not here, isn't it? Number five. Yes. But not before your mother after fighting your mother, she was reduced to a shell of her former self. A young dancer named Susie Banyan finally managed to kill her. But that's all history. Uh, it's Mother of Tears, yeah. Udo Kier, not fucking anything in the gallbladder, which is sad. <laughs> and music? I uh, don't know. Just nice to hear Udo Kier, really. Sounds like <laughs> Mary Poppins a bit. Yeah, similar to Mary Poppins. It was um, brain dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And finally, we'll meet back here at eight a.m. Don't be late. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. But you know, I'm really wired. What do you say I take you home and eat your pussy? Oh, the dialogue is—it's a shot. It's shock something or other. Sharknado three or something? Oh, so close! It's Shark Attack three. Yeah, wow. with uh, that's that's uh, John Barrowman. I think I think the music's the, tr- <laughs> the music is the tram. And the music was the tram. There we go. Uh, John Barrowman wants to take you home and eat your pussy. Yeah, there you go. At least he asked. You got yeah, seven. Exactly. <laughs> you got seven. Hey. hey. Of course, the turn of events means I'm not able to say my joke here at this point. It was going to be, uh, you win a phenomenal prize. And, ah, oh, you win a creepy prize. But there you go. Uh, That's I'll, good. Yeah. No, leave that in. Leave it that wasn't in. even that good. It, it wasn't strong, even that good. Strong. So. Good leave game. it in. Next month, Simon's chosen Modern Cults as our theme and Midsommar as one of our features. Hey. Well, should I choose the other one then? This is like there's a yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll choose the other one then. Uh, what are we looking at? Um, oh, oh. Sorry, are you looking at pictures of that sexy rat puppet again? <laughs> oh. I hate martyrs, but should we do martyrs? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll like it on this fourth attempt. Let's do martyrs. Cool. I hate martyrs. <laughs> so that is uh, us devil times of four now. Um, if, if anyone out there who is good and funny and knowledgeable... <laughs> Wants to come aboard and become our new our new member. Why not get in touch? Devil X Five on Twitter, Devil Times Five Horror Podcast, I think, on Instagram, or we're on Facebook. We need a new person, and also now we might as well mention that Bryony is leaving at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And not even because I offended her. <laughs> no, <laughs> played the slow game on that one. Oh, you've offended me <laughs> so much over the past five years. Uh, I've just you know suck it up. Um, <laughs> No, I've got to go. So I yeah. might come back every now and then. I've got some breaks from uni here and there, but it's a fairly intensive 14-month course, so mm. I won't have time to watch silly films. Meanwhile, you can hear a compilation of us discussing the other half of Argento's horror filmography, which we dropped last week under the title Rewind, Argento Flashbacks. Yeah, it's a shameless attempt to get twice as many downloads this month. Well, okay, this bit doesn't work anymore. Tell you what, never mind Darren Silver, this episode has been Darren Gold, mate. Darren fucking Gold. It's been an odd one. Uh, We're down to four. (laughs) Hopefully there'll be five of us next month. So until then, thanks for listening. (laughs) 